This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name's Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. You were probably first introduced to my guest today when she played Allie Dawson on the Disney Channel series Austin and Allie. Since then, her career has soared across every medium. She starred in the hit Netflix movie The Perfect Date and recently co-starred alongside Robert De Niro in The War with Grandpa. And then, of course, she's making a name for herself in the musical world. Since 2019, she's released a pair of EPs, the first called Me and the most recent called You. They're companion pieces, two sides of the same story, a tumultuous relationship. The music came at a crossroads in her life, yielding deeply heartfelt, introspective songs like Can't Hold On Forever and Something to Believe In. These days, she's revisiting tracks from You in exciting new ways. In April, she released a remix of Honest With You by Alex TBH, and a new version of her track, Can't Help Myself, is out now, featuring a little help from Poe Leos and a verse from Jean Doe. Calling from Australia, where she's filming a new movie, I'm so thrilled to welcome Laura Morano. Oh, Jordan, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, I guess first off, you've had two EPs in the last two years, me in 2019 and you last fall. What's the relationship between those two EPs? How do they relate to one another? So when I was getting ready to release me, you know, that started originally um, from me writing kind of the title song off that EP, which is called Me. Talking about the song and EP, they think you're talking about yourself. <laughs> but, you know, when I started, I, I feel like the project really got going from writing that song. Though there are other songs I wrote before that, that definitely had a place in this me and you universe. But that's when I was like, ooh, love that song, love that vibe. And... You know, I had kind of come from two labels in a, a time in my life where I was going through also a lot of kind of personal changes. You know, I was going through a breakup. It's kind of starting to fall in love again as well. And so, you know, from that whole experience came the EP Me. But as I was writing for me, it became very clear that I had more of the story to tell and that I wanted to kind of continue that story in some way and I right away started thinking I'd love to release another EP called You where it feels like it's the other side of the story it feels like there's 
some songs are kind of sequels to the other. Some songs are kind of another, again, aspect of the story. You know, my favorite kind of um, comparison to show is on the Me EP, I have a song called Lie to Me. And on the UEP, I have a song called Honest With You. So it's a little bit from this theme of there's two sides to every story. There's two, you know, it takes two people in a relationship. And so one person's perspective can be very different from another person's perspective, can be similar, can be related. You know, I wanted to explore those different ideas and kind of keep the story going. And I knew that pretty immediately as I was working on the EP. You mentioned Honest With You. That's that's one of my favorite tracks on the new EP. Honesty being the most important thing in a relationship and this, probably the scariest thing in a relationship. What What is the genesis of that song? Yes, totally. Well, exactly that, right? So... It's so funny to me because Lie to Me and Honest With You are about the same person and about uh, uh, the same situation. But in Lie to Me, right, it's an aspect of let's not get serious. Let's just like have fun in this moment. Let's not worry about the future. Let's just be right here, right now. Honest With You is more serious. Honest With You is I have been hurt before. It's so scary to be vulnerable, but damn, I want to take that next step and be honest with you. My kind of favorite aspect of that song is the question and almost the permission that you're asking of the person of, can I be honest with you? Can can I be honest in this moment? You know, both of, are you ready to take that next step? And also, you know, again, that vulnerability of, are you going to hurt me? Like, is are we going to go there? And, you know, of course, no one can ever answer that question truly. But when you're going in the relationship, I don't think anyone goes into a relationship being like, I can't wait to get hurt or I can't wait to hurt this person. (laughs) But, you know, it's still when you take that step, it's so scary, but there comes to be a point where it just feels like the right thing to do. And so that was my idea and kind of the genesis of that song. You know, we, DeLacy and Ido are my co-writers of that song. We were in, you know, Ido's studio in like Brooklyn and we had already written kind of two other songs like the two days prior. And so that song, DeLacy and I had been kind of like gushing and talking about our relationships and all of the different things. And I was telling her how I was just trying to see this person and getting really serious. And she was like, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's go into that world. And one of my favorite parts of Honest With You is that demo vocal that we did in that kind of small studio in Brooklyn is the vocal in the song. It just was so right. It was so raw and it felt like it needed to be in the final version. Oh, it's so interesting. What was the studio in Brooklyn? That's where, that's where I live. Oh, really? I think it was just literally in a building that like there wasn't necessarily um it wasn't like a named studio it was exactly that which is kind of my favorite thing it was like yeah. this um you know you just go up go into a room and Edo made it's it and Edo made it a studio and it was it would just have the best vibe i know brooklyn is kind of pretty incredible it was it was such a cool time in my life because i was really starting to feel i was out of la for a really long time because i was filming a movie in in georgia and then I went to New York to write, and then I went to Sweden to write, and it was just like all of these exciting things happening in my professional life, while also my personal life was going through its own kind of like ups and downs and roller coaster uh, <laughs> of emotions. So it was it was such a just a, a really special time of my life for sure. Sounds like the music was was a catharsis in a lot of ways. Oh, a hundred percent. I truly my breakup and my kind of personal journey through that and then getting into another relationship. I had never written 
the songs that I was writing in such a personal way. It was almost like every kind of song I'd worked on before that, I would go into a room and it's so weird, Jordan, right? You go into a room and you're kind of like, hey, good to meet you. Here are all my hopes and dreams. <laughs> and, feelings, and, yeah. and Yeah, you know, it's really intimate and weird. And I have so many walls up as a person. So it was always just, it was really hard for me to crack those walls. And though I had some songs that I was writing before that, that started that journey, it wasn't really until I was going through that time in my life where I was just like, I need to write about this and talk about this and just empty all of the thoughts that are going on in my head and empty all of the emotions that are going on in my heart and just lay it on the floor. And I feel like I wrote the best music that I ever had before. And it was so exciting. It was, I was obsessed with the songs. I was so happy. And, you know, I was at a label at the time. And when I ended up not working with that label anymore, I I was passionate of, I have to take these songs with me and I have to put them out because they mean the world to me, you know? I really enjoy, it kind of dovetails into uh, another song that I, is one of my favorites from the EP, Can't Help Myself. I just think the, the relationship dynamic that you're describing on that song is, I feel like it's something I haven't really heard before. Can you talk a little bit more about what, what's going on in that song for you? Yes, okay, I love Can't Help Myself and truly Can't Help Myself came because I was writing all this moody, emotional music, and I kind of came into the room with this awesome producer, Johan, who was based in LA at the time, but he's Swedish, and I was like, Johan, I just want to write a fun song. Like, let's just write a fun, fun song that isn't taking itself too seriously. And so what I love about Can't Help Myself is that it comes from this place of having fun, but it is still a little bit of like a revenge <laughs> um a revenge breakup hookup song after i'm like it's hard to completely pinpoint what exactly can't help myself is on a general standpoint but on a, a specific standpoint you know it's about that moment of facing an ex that ended things and realizing that they want you back and kind of taking advantage of that aspect and feeling this weird sort of pleasure and satisfaction of wanting empowerment of, and it, yes and this weird kind of sense of empowerment of oh you want me back okay well that's interesting i'm gonna take a little control and pleasure in this moment uh it's it was so so fun to write and you know we didn't necessarily anticipate writing that concept. I think we started with the track, right? We started with kind of like this, you know, BPM and this uh, a few of like the different synths that we had. Then we wrote that chorus melody and it was just right away, just another second till you're naked. We're like, oh, what is this about? Like, what is, where are we going with this? And I kind of was instantly and for whatever reason from that lyric thinking of I love that it was just another second till you're naked till the other person is and what is the genesis of that like what is the <laughs> where did that come from and from that question came this revenge breakup hookup song when the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan millions were plunged into silence radios were smashed cassettes burned you could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules and yet afghans did it anyway this is the story of how a group of people brought music back to afghanistan by creating their own version of american idol the danger they endured 
they said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, it's, it, it definitely feels like just the moment when you're back in control fully. That was sort of when I first heard it. That was what I got from it was really like you are you are you've moved on and now you're back in the driver's seat. I don't know. That was my take. hundred percent. Right. So it's it's that moment of um, when you end a relationship. And to be honest, it wasn't being really, really real with you. It wasn't super based on anything in my personal life, maybe in some professional aspects. I was taking some inspiration, but definitely not personally, but it is that moment in any sort of end of a relationship where you feel like you didn't control the end of that relationship. You weren't the reason why things ended. Mm. And that's really good challenging. Closure. Yes. But you've worked on yourself. You've moved on. And here you are in a moment where all of a sudden, yes, the, the dynamic switches and it's just feeling so good and taking advantage of that feeling. It's such a great track. And there's a brand new version of track that is out, I believe, the day this, this episode is out featuring Jean Doe. How did you first link up with, uh, with her? Yes. Okay. So I was really excited to do another version of this song. Again, kind of continuing my thought of there's two sides to a story. There's multiple perspectives of a situation. I wanted to continue this You Era EP group of music with remixes and with other artists putting their spin on the songs and their spins on the lyric and the concept and anything they really wanted to put their spin on, right? So 
you know, I knew that I wanted to do a different version of this. I knew that I wanted to have a female on it. All my other kind of duet remixes have all been with other kind of these amazing male artists who were incredible to work with. But I'm like, I, I need some like female, female power in Can't Help Myself. I, I really need to make it happen. So John Doe was someone that I was a fan of her music. I was kind of talking to my team about who might be a good partner here. And we came up with some names, but John Doe, you know, I was like, I kept kind of coming back to her and feeling like, ah, I feel like she's going to make a great partner in this. And sure enough, we gave her the song. She was into the song. She wrote this dope verse and was just like, you know, let's do this. Let's make it happen. And then from the verse that she gave, we then got in touch with this other kind of amazing female artist who is diving into producing. Her name's Polios. She actually then added some production elements and kind of reproduced the track with her producing partner, Stanley. And so it had all this like kind of dope female energy, which I feel like made just to me completely kind of elevated the song into, I love the original version so much, but this version... I think I kind of prefer. It just feels really, really good. And really just the flow is amazing. The the verse that John Doe added is fantastic. All the kind of production elements that are new are really great. So I was so excited by this version. Oh, I mean, it, it is such a banger. You're right. I mean, it just, it feels, it's definitely something when, when we can go back out to uh, to have, you know, dance parties and clubs and stuff. It's something you could definitely just hear there. Yes, a hundred percent. I feel that so hard. And and even like when people start coming over to people's houses again and you have like a little like yeah. kickback house party vibe, I feel like it's the perfect song to just have on a playlist and have that vibe. It's just so, ugh, I love it. I love it so much. On the complete flip side of that, something I love for, for completely different reasons, your stripped down version of something to believe in is just, is gorgeous. And I know you, you've said Aww, that, that you've had you. a special place in your heart for that song. What is it about that song that, that really resonates with you? Oh man, so that song is the oldest song on both EPs, both the Me and You EP. I've had that song for ages. I think I wrote that song in 2013 or 2014. Really long time ago, right? And just always would go back to the song in the original version that we had and just feel like, oh, I love this song. It doesn't feel right for me right now. You know, I I knew I always wanted kind of to update some aspects of it, but it didn't feel right for so many years to kind of put out. And then, you know, when I was making the UEP, and I was writing some new music, I was going back to some older music, I happened to kind of come across it again. And with everything that happened to not just me, but to kind of everyone in 2020, something to believe in weirdly felt so right in the time to put out for me. And so much of it, I resonate with so deeply. And so I, I thought that was such a really special aspect of the song that here I am listening to a song I wrote literally years ago, and I've never resonated with more than what, seven, six years later when I listened back to it. And so I was like, okay, this song needs to be on the EP. I completely reproduced it. You know, we added some kind of different aspects, but to be honest, the lyrical content really stayed the same. I I felt so connected to it and, and it just felt very true for the moment that I was in. 
And I hope that it was going to kind of resonate with other people. And sure enough, it, it feel like I feel like it's actually the song off my UEP that has re- resonated the most with my fans, which is really special and pretty amazing. I mean, the lyrics to that song are, are, are so mature. I mean, it, it blows my mind to think you must have been very young when you wrote that. It almost seems like your life had to catch up to all the experience in those words. I'm like 100%. Like maybe I had, I don't even know if I was, I, I think I had maybe just started dating someone. But I I don't think, to be honest, when we wrote it, that happens so much, Jordan, right? Sometimes, again, this is actually a time um, before I felt like I really had unlocked my own Mm. vulnerability in my writing. So you kind of go into a room sometimes and I I think I'd brought another concept in that was like somewhat similar, but not really necessarily true to my life. I just thought it was kind of a cool lyric. And we kind of built on that and changed things and altered things, turned things upside down. And, you know, something to believe in was kind of born, but it was um, not something that I necessarily resonated deeply with in that moment at all. And that, that was kind of very similar to my writing at that point where I would love the song. I love writing just in general. I think it's a, a creative outlet no matter what, but I wasn't really looking deep into myself to unlock anything. But sure enough, weirdly, weirdly enough, this song is something that I felt very vulnerably connected to. I know that's not a phrase, but we'll make it a phrase. In 2020, it just was so right. You mentioned connecting to your vulnerability as a songwriter. How does one as, I guess specifically in songwriting, but also just as an artist in general, break through those walls and reach that place of vulnerability in your art? Is it just, is it practice? Is it, you know, self-reflection? I guess there's probably no easy answer to that, but, but how did you get to that place? I think that's a great question. And I think kind of what you were saying as well, I, I think it's it's not that there's not an easy answer. I think it truly is different for everyone. And so what unlocked that for me was going through a really hard time in my life, was going through a personal crossroads and a time where I really had to face a lot of pain. And I felt like for so many years, I always was writing and always kind of turned to to writing because I just loved it. But in that time, writing wasn't just something I loved to do. Writing was something I had to do to get what was going on inside of me out, you know? And so it was so therapeutic. It was so necessary for me to do. And that was, it's hard to describe, but it was almost like I had to get vulnerable and and put everything I was thinking into songs. And by the way, there were still some songs I wrote from the vulnerability that were terrible, that were like not good. But it was it didn't matter. It but was they just served like a purpose for you. They got you there. Yes, exactly, exactly. It was just something I had to do. It, it was almost it, it wasn't something I was necessarily even super aware of until retrospectively thinking about it. It was just I need to talk about what I've been going through and what happened to me and, and, and all those things. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. 
they said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is your process like? Is it something that is music, something that you do every day, like people do meditation every day or work out every day? Or is it something that you go to when you feel inspired and you feel that you have something to say? Yeah, you know, I think it changes for me. I think um, whenever I spend weeks or months doing it every day, I feel so happy and I enjoy it so thoroughly. Sometimes, however, it's just like if I full on and kind of filming a movie or in my acting career, I don't necessarily put that kind of meditation-esque aspect to it because it just feels like I don't have time. But to that point, there are times like I was just away filming a movie and there were just times where I had an idea and I like quickly Mm. left, you know, to my dressing room or bathroom or anything and like grabbed (laughs) my iPad or any kind of voice memo situation, just like quickly saying an idea. But I prefer it when I actually put the time in and have that in every day because I feel like not only does that help me just as an artist and it you are so much better when you do that and you spend the time but I just I actually feel the like personal effects of that and feel a little bit more at peace but it is a it, it's a time-consuming aspect so when I'm working on something else I don't spend as much time as I, I wish I could and yet inspiration will strike and I will follow that. This is probably a naive question from somebody who's never written a song in, the, in their life and will, is never likely to. Are you superstitious in any way about writing? Is there an instrument that you always feel like you need to use or a place or a time of day or anything like that? 
Ooh, I love that. No, because I just... Because you're a well-adjusted person. No, no, not because of that. I just truly feel like inspiration can kind of strike anywhere, right? And I'm, yeah. I've am i been in so many different studios at different times. And I do feel like there are some times when I feel like I go into a session and I'll know a little bit immediately if it's going to be a good session or not, or if the song will turn out. Um, and sometimes I totally don't. But I will say I do have this weird feeling that, I don't know, it's hard to describe that like... And when you write a song by yourself or with somebody, okay, I'm going to describe this so terribly, but it's not that you're writing the song. It's almost like you're finding the song. The song has kind of been already written. You and your creative mm. partners or you by yourself are on this journey in this session to unlock this song. And I feel like looking at it like that is kind of weird, but it feels very appropriate. I mean, there have been songs where they could have been, you could have gone in so many other directions for a song, but every version pointed to it needed to be, you know, this melody, this lyric, this structure, this production, this track. And it just, it's, you're working constantly to find that song. Does that make sense? Absolutely. There was, I don't know if it was a joke or something that some famous sculptor said when they got a block of, you know, a square block of stone in front of them and, and made, you know, a beautiful horse sculpture or something out of it. And somebody said, how did you do that? And they said, oh, I chipped away all the rock that didn't look like a horse. <laughs> And, you know, it's like, yeah, always there, you know, I mean, but to people like me, it's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) But to you, the artist, you just you knew what to get like move away from. And there it was. Well, I think there's something really special about that mentality because it feels it almost in a weird way takes the pressure off in one way. Right. But it Mm -hmm. also just feels I don't know. It sounds like super weird, but it feels like when you're creating some sort of art, I guess when you're creating anything, but when you're creating some sort of art, you you feel, this is going to sound so intense, but weirdly connected with the universe in this weird way of, okay, how are we creating something that's going to resonate with people that already in a weird way exists in its own form and we just have to kind of find it. I didn't always necessarily look at that the way, but that, to be honest, it kind of made sense even in my past writing experiences of I would just sing what was happening in my head and it everything felt very natural. And I think it was really coming from a place of just it, the song exists and I'm singing what the song is in its existing form, even though it's never been out before. Was, was music your first love? Was that what you knew that, you know, early on that you wanted to devote your life to? hundred percent. But I was in such a weird situation of, I was always doing music, but in the entertainment industry, understandably so. And there are rare cases, but most of the time you can't professionally do music at like five, right? The <laughs> acting industry, oh, yeah, the acting one, yeah. industry is super weird because you can't professionally act at five. So acting professionally happened for me first, but music was always what I was kind of doing before. And to be honest, I just didn't know how to do it professionally. And, you know, I had a MySpace at like 11 or 12 and a a SoundCloud that I released music in. But it wasn't until I was doing Austin Alley that I got the opportunity to do music and acting at the same time and then pursue music professionally, which was, I will always forever be grateful for. Is it ever a challenge to to, to balance 
the acting and the music, or does one inform the other when you kind of need to let the well fill for, for the, the performance side, you go to music and vice versa? You know, I, I think it is a challenge. Um, I think there are definitely times when they inform each other, but there is a level of like, they're two full-time jobs, right? So making sure that I am being consistent and spending the time for each of those aspects is challenging, right? But I think I look at it two different ways. I look at it from the business aspect and I look at it from the artist aspect. And just as an artist in general, I love creating and I love creating any sort of aspect, whether that is something that involves my life and my world, which is how I view my music, or something that is involving another world, another person, another story to tell, which is how I kind of view my acting. So I feel so fulfilled by both of those aspects of my life so much. And I can't imagine my life without it. But from a business aspect, right, it is like any sort of job. You wouldn't take 10 months off one job and only do it two months. So it's, it is a challenge to really dedicate and commit the appropriate time for each. I think what I've started doing in my life, as much as I can help it, is be in charge of, be my own boss a little bit, right? So for film and television, I have very early stages, but gone into kind of the producing aspect, right? So I've just finished working on this movie that I was producing as well, which is amazing. And you kind of have a little bit more control when you're in the driver's seat in that way. For music, I'm doing things independent. Not to say that I wouldn't ever do a label situation again or anything in that matter, but I will say doing it independently. You're your own boss. You're in charge of your release schedule, which I think for me is really helpful of I don't have to wait on releasing music for months and months and months and plan everything around a label's other kind of repertoire or list of um, artists that they're putting out or, you know, yada, yada, yada. I can be in charge of my own schedule and be in charge of my own kind of creative uh, plan that I want to do. So those aspects of being in charge and being your own boss, I think does make things a little bit easier, but it is challenging for sure. Oh, I'm sure. You must be insanely self-motivated for either one of those, but the two together. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, um, I, I think it's also time management, which I am constantly <laughs> getting better and uh, is a struggle. But I do feel like I have always had a weird aspect of time management, even from a young age of doing, you know, school at the same time as filming a show. I think you just had to kind of be like, okay, this is the time I can do this project, have to do it. This is the time, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I think in some ways, right, for, as a musician, as an artist, you also, you do make your own schedule more than you do as an, an actor and actress. So I do feel like it is a little bit turning off one mentality and turning on another mentality of, okay, I'm in charge of my schedule as an actor. Again, going into the producing world, you become a little bit more in charge of your schedule, but you're still so dependent on so many other people and things that you are a little bit like you tell me where to be and I'll be there and you don't do that as an artist and I kind of love that you don't do that as an artist but I know some people who do do both can struggle with that because it is there is a level of self-motivation that has to be there that is hard to do in this industry. Oh my goodness. Well, you you excel at both. It has been such a joy and a delight talking to you. My, my last question before I let you go, what is next for you? What what can fans look forward to coming down the pike? I know obviously going out on the road is probably a little ways off. You had your, your digital tour for, for you, but what, what else is coming now? 
Yes, you know, so I definitely am starting to look way, way outward. So not 2021, but looking at going out on the road. So that is definitely in the cards at one point in in the next two years. But on a sooner kind of path, I'm definitely very excited to release some more music in this you era world. And then I'm going to be kind of just taking a little bit of a hiatus to write some more new music and get ready for another release. You know, who knows when, when I kind of finish the story I want to tell. So I'm really excited this summer to just really focus on writing and creating because I have been in so um, release format and very much like remix duet world, which has been amazing. But excited to work on some new music and tell some more stories. I see you've got the me EP, the you EP. Is there, is there a them EP or something on the horizon? Or I don't know. <laughs> I think we'll have to see. Oh, we can't wait. Laura, thank you so much for your time and your music. It's, it's been so great talking to you. Thank you so much. Jordan, you're so lovely. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.